Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, fitness for real people, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. On today's episode, Gabrielle interviews Francesca Rolando. They discuss overcoming obstacles and finding your stride. After a terrible divorce and dealing with some difficult health issues, Francesca has taken control of her own destiny and created a better life mentally and physically for herself. And now here's your host, personal trainer and stretch therapist, Gabrielle Mazar. Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar. And on today's episode, I have Francesca Rolando. We're going to talk about a lot of different things today, from your physical health to your mental health to your diet. So welcome, Francesca. Thank you for having me today. Thank you for coming on. So you and I share a similar disease, similar autoimmune disease, Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So uh, I've definitely experienced a lot of things, but I'm interested to hear uh, what you've experienced with Hashimoto's. And can you go into what you went through before, how you got diagnosed, and kind of your treatment plan after that? Absolutely. It was about 2009, and uh, I was in my early 30s, super healthy. I was running about 40 miles a week. I was going to the gym at least three, four times a day. And then all of a sudden, as I got really sick, I had a dizziness of where it would be so strong I would fall off. Um, I just had weakness in my arms and legs, and nobody knew what was going on with me. I did a lot of tests. They thought it was multiple sclerosis. They thought it was lupus, and nobody could have figured it out. So I flew back to my country. I went to Italy. I spent three days in the hospital. They did a lot of tests. And they finally did the ultrasound on my thyroids. And that's how I found out I had Hashimoto disease. Um, it's been a long journey. Um, they couldn't really fix it with medication at the beginning. It was really hard to find the right dosage for me. So I went from a moment where I have so much energy, heart palpitation, couldn't sleep, to a moment where I could not even get up from bed. Yeah, I definitely know that feeling. It's... <laughs> I describe it as like if you're in a car and you're driving and you've been driving for like six hours nonstop and you just get that feeling where your eyes are so heavy that it hurts to keep your eyes open. Like it's physically painful to keep yourself awake. That's exactly how I felt. I felt that by the time I would get up, take a shower, put makeup on to go to work, I just wanted to go back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> just taking a shower felt like the biggest accomplishment of my day. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I know it's it's hard to explain because I think people think that you're kind of making it up. Like, yeah. oh, you're tired. Everybody's tired. But it's it's a different tired. It's just pure exhaustion and I know I when before I got diagnosed I was sleeping like 16 hours a day you would get up I would get up go to work come home take a nap go back to work come home eat lunch take a nap get back up go back to work come home fall asleep on the couch at like 7 p.m and sleep until the next morning and you just never feel normal exactly and for me I had a lot of muscle pain and the numbness uh, my leg will completely go numb, and my finger on my left, uh, um, on my left hand will go numb. I lost a lot of hair. 
I lost my eyebrows. <laughs> it was really uh, very different because I went from being extremely active to barely get up from bed. Uh, but it's been managed for many years through medication, through high and lows, and sometimes it also affects your mental health because you feel like you're going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You feel like everything becomes a manageable and a big issue. So well, one, of the, one of the side effects or one of what happens with this disease is depression and anxiety. You're so tired and then you have this feeling of just kind of you're confused and you don't know what's going on, but your hormones are affected, your body's affected. I never lost my hair, but I gained a lot of weight, which was very hard for me because I, same same thing, I you know I was teaching. I taught total body tone classes, I taught spin classes, I was hiking two or three times a week and, you know, exercising all, all every day and it's like all these things are happening and you're you're thinking, you know, why why is this happening? What's going on? Oh, it was the same for me. It was a kind of a yo-yo. I had every size in my wardrobe because I would go, <laughs> depending on which medication we were trying, I would go from one size to size zero to size 10 and everything in between. Mm-hmm. So it's always been a struggle. Um, but I was very lucky because I, I had a great uh, primary care physician when I lived in Texas and she had a more holistic approach to the disease. So instead of just give me medication. She helped me through a lot of other side effects through natural remedies. And uh, she suggested to do some research um, about eliminating dairies. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I started doing the research about dairies, then I really started going to see like speakers about being plant-based, reading book about being plant-based. And uh, one day I woke up and I decided tomorrow I'm going to become vegan. And so I, you, are, you are completely <laughs> vegan. You do not eat any animal products at all. I don't eat any animal products at all. And uh, I'm a very careful even in uh, the medication that I use. Unfortunately, the only medication that work for my thyroids are the natural ones, mm-hmm. which have a, a pig hormone. Pig, pig hormone. Mm-hmm. I try really hard to use the other medications. Uh, but the side effects for me were horrible. Yeah. I had uh, our palpitation, they were extremely dangerous, was borderline getting heart attacks. Wow. So I had to make a choice between my health and uh, completely plant-based. So the only thing that I take that is not plant-based is my thyroid medication. So I'm on, I am on a natural thyroid medication as well, and I felt the same way. Um, and I had a really hard time with doctors, too. I, I saw quite a few of them. And um, I don't know if people know, but your thyroid, it has a very large range of what is normal. And what is normal for one person may be a little bit higher. And what's normal for another person may be a little bit lower. So it's hard to kind of gauge where you your normal is and how you feel you know optimal, where you feel your best. And when I was on Synthroid, I never felt good. And I, I had the same thing. I was on Synthroid, and then they put me on the lyothyronine because, um, you know, your T4s weren't converting to the T3, so they needed a converter, and now you're on all these medications. And it's just this kind of round and round and round you go about, you know, change your dosage, do this. And um, I had some pretty awful experiences with endocrinologists. 
And my first experience was when I very first when I very first got diagnosed. I think you I don't know if you had the same experience, but they're like, oh, you have Hashimoto's, and you go, what? Am I gonna die? Well, you're not gonna die, <laughs> <laughs> but it was it's it is very scary because you don't know what it is. You have no idea how to treat it. You have no idea what's going on with your body. And, you know, when I walked into my first endocrinologist and I said, my doctor said that I had Hashimoto's. And he's like, well, you still have it. And I was like, screw you, buddy. Like, thanks, you know. And the more I saw him, the more he would say things to me like, oh, well, uh, my clients say that, and patients say that exercising helps. And I'm like, read my file. Thanks. So I left him because I was not happy. You know, I'm telling him my symptoms. They just were not, he was not listening to me. So I moved on to another endocrinologist. And my first visit, um, I had switched from Synthroid to Armor. I'd been on Armor for probably a year and a half at this point, was finally feeling better. And he wanted to switch me back because they can control it better. And I told him, I'm not switching back. I do not want to switch back to, I can't. I, I do not want to feel that way ever again. And I went in there. I didn't really, you know, he was, again, not listening. And then the next time I went in, from the moment I walked into the door, paid my $65 to see him, saw the doctor and left was 15 minutes. And I got in my car and I called my boyfriend and I cried and cried and cried and I was like I cannot do this anymore I am in so much pain I am so tired and nobody's listening to me and that's when I finally decided to go to see someone holistic to see a naturopathic doctor and it has it has definitely changed things <laughs> I think everybody I talked to with Ashimoto has some similar experience when it comes to doctors um, I don't know if it's the way they're trained when they're in medical school, but they really don't listen to the person. It seems like they have already decided what they're going to give you because that's what they know that works for some people. Well, and, and there a lot of autoimmune diseases are also very new, not new to the world, but new that we're discovering. So I think treating it, again, like I said earlier, is that people think that you're full of it yes you know they they think okay whatever you have joint pain okay whatever you're tired oh your hair is falling out like what's new but it really and there's so many symptoms of so many other things so it's very hard to diagnose and it's very hard to treat because everybody's symptoms are different and I think because of a system here is based mainly on making money rather than treating the symptoms or treating the patient is about getting in and out as fast as possible, that really does not help. Yeah, and we could have a whole other podcast on that, to be (laughs) perfect. That's so true. But I told myself (laughs) I was not going to talk about the healthcare system in the United States. But, you know, the European side of me comes out sometimes. It's very different, yes. But um, we'll leave that for another time. (laughs) But for me, it was really life-changing when I discovered the plant-based lifestyle. Tell me a little bit. Did you have a hard time going 100% plant-based? No. And I know that everybody does, but I think because I was feeling so miserable, I was, uh, I didn't like the way I looked, I didn't like the way I feel, I didn't like my energy level. So making the switch was easy because I knew that it cannot possibly get worse than this. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm a foodie. I was a foodie before being vegan. I'm a foodie as a vegan. I love all the weirdest stuff. I will crave octopus and, you know, weird stuff. I loved it all, lambs. So everybody thought I was not going to last a week as a vegan. But I gave myself six weeks because I had a six-week check for my thyroids. And after that, I saw that the results were already so much better Mm -hmm. in all of my labs because the thyroids affect everything. It affects cholesterol, it affects your liver, your cortisol level. It affects pretty much everything in your your body. Your progesterone. Exactly. (laughs) All of it, yes. So after six weeks, I already said so much uh, improvement that I was like, this is it. This is the way to go. Mm -hmm. And uh, that makes it so easy for me. So... Do you have a hard time finding places to eat? Do you eat mostly at home? How do you? How did you adjust to life switching to plant-based? Actually, there are so many places. And uh, I moved to Arizona almost a year ago. And Phoenix has so many vegan restaurants. It's amazing. I love it. Uh, no, I find it very easy. And people are really accommodating. Even if you go to a non-vegan restaurant, if you ask, they make the changes that you need. Sometimes, instead of saying that I'm vegan, I say that I have food allergies because restaurants like to cater to people with food allergy. They don't want anybody to, mm-hmm. you know, have an allergy attack at their restaurant. So right. sometimes I say, hey, I cannot have this, I have allergy. But I eat out a lot. I don't eat fast food at all. I don't even remember the last time I had fast food. I don't that but like a restaurant uh, I like to go out and try new food what are some of your favorite vegan restaurants here in town uh-huh. oh I like them all I like uh, green new American of course that's one of my favorite I like Casa Terra if you want a more upscale uh, vegana madre if you like Mexican I like verdura the new the giving tree is really delicious um, they have one in Sedona called Chocolate Tree, which is my favorite. Um, Backwood waffle is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love my food. I really love my food. <laughs> well, it's it's nice to hear that you can still have such a good diet. Um, I think a lot of times when people go vegetarian or go vegan, they go straight to like pastas and grains and uh, they're not really eating a balanced diet, so you're not getting enough protein. You're not getting all the things that you need in your diet. Um, so there are ways to switch to a vegan diet. I mean, I do not eat vegan. I like meat. I eat a balanced diet, but I, I do, and I think I would have a very hard time giving that up. But I do eat a lot of vegetables. I do eat very balanced meals. I, I don't ever eat fast food. I mean, I can't remember the last time either, but, you know, there's so many diets and so many fads out there that I think it's difficult for people to switch to anything and know how to do it properly. I tried it all throughout my life. Um, My first diet, I was six years old. I was a competitive gymnast, and uh, at the time, it's not like now the gymnasts are very muscular. When I was in gymnastics, it was uh, many, many moons ago. Uh, you have to be very petite. So I was on my first diet at six years old. Uh, so to say that I remember a time in my life where I didn't have some sort of uh, diet going on, I would be lying. But since I started being vegan, I don't see it as a diet. It's a new lifestyle. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I work with a personal trainer now. He's not vegan, but he's very open to help me out to maintain my vegan lifestyle. And he gave me macros to follow. And uh, people think that vegan cannot get enough protein. I have at least 100 grams of protein a day being vegan. Mm-hmm. So there are well, there are things like beans and lentils yes. and um, even vegetables. Most vegetables have protein, yeah. broccoli, spinach, you know, all. There are ways to get it in. It's just doing it properly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Italian. I I'm, love pasta. I love my risotto, but I try to be very careful. Mm-hmm. So I pre-plan when I want those meals. But I love I don't want my life to be dictated by my food either, so I like to enjoy what I eat without regrets. <laughs> so being Italian, did you find it difficult to give up cheeses and dairy? And Cheese was the hardest part for me. Because for me, it, like a treat meal mm-hmm. was always like a, a board with cheese and cold cuts, you know, prosciutto. Right, and... right. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the... The little bit of a thing that I was worried about, but I find some great substitute. So, so you've had um, a lot of, well, not trauma, but um, let's say things that have happened in your life. Um, you were in a bad relationship and went through a bad divorce, and that kind of led you. Do you think that that led to your disease, having Hashimoto's? I don't know if it led to Yashimoto, but definitely led to a spiral of health issues. Um, when uh, I found out about, I was married for 10 years. We lived together in 13 illegally because my divorce took three years before it was finalized. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I was in uh, the most amazing marriage until I received a phone call from somebody telling me that my husband was having an affair. It turns out he was having multiple affairs with multiple women. Oh, my gosh. Some uh, find on Craigslist, prostitutes, uh, other married women. He was in the military. He was uh, stationed in Iraq at the time, and uh, he was under investigation for adultery in Iraq. Oh, wow. It was a very traumatic experience, and about the same time I started to have symptoms. And my symptoms were so severe that they really thought I was having, uh, I was having multiple sclerosis or some uh, very dangerous and un- untreatable diseases. So I think stress really uh, accentuates whatever symptoms Yashimoto give you. Mm-hmm. And I notice in my daily life, whenever I'm a little bit more stressed, kind of all of the symptoms Inflammation and flare-ups. In- and- yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are some things mentally that you have done um, since then to kind of better better yourself and get through that situation? For me, throughout the situation, I went to therapy. I'm not ashamed to say it. I think that mental health should be treated exactly like physical health. I had a problem, and I wanted to resolve it. And uh, just like a doctor, it took me several counselors before I found somebody I felt completely comfortable with. And uh, also, I'm a very practical. I want solutions. I don't want to just talk in circle about problems. So I find a, a therapist to really focus on uh, a small step and things that I can implement in my daily life to make sure that I can move forward. Mm-hmm. I think therapy is 
everybody should do it. And I, I find it interesting that people are so against it because everybody has some sort of trauma. Every single person, <laughs> yes. every person on this planet has some sort of trauma. Even if you've lived a super charmed life, there's something deep seated in there that, you know, it just is, it's just life because we've all, we have been, we go through so many situations. So we all have something. So I find it weird that people don't want to seek help because even if you talk to your friends or you talk to your family, a therapist or a psychiatrist is someone that is a third party that doesn't have a vested interest in you. You know, they don't know you. They you don't have a personal relationship with you. They're there to help you to see things from the outside. And it can really help you in all parts of your life. Your mental health is so important to even your physical health. And I feel that chronic stress was was one of the reasons that I was also diagnosed and, and have this disease because we all have chronic stress and it just makes everything way worse. <laughs> oh my, yeah, stress affects everything in your life. It's, um, every aspect of your health is, uh, is really affected by stress. But for me, therapy was really a way to just figure things out a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect it to be like cure or fix or whatever you want to say or you know but I was going through so much uh, so many different emotions I couldn't focus on anything in my life besides my divorce and my you know I had this vivid image in my head of my ex-husband having sex with everybody and I couldn't (laughs) shake it so it was like becoming compulsive yeah and I just needed somebody who had tools that I could use and I'm very proud to say that uh, for me it really was beneficial and I think whatever you put in is what you get out you have to do your own work oh absolutely and that's like with anything else even you know weight loss or exercise if you don't (laughs) or diet if you don't put into it then you're not gonna get out of it what (laughs) what you want right so what are some of the tools that you feel that helped you the most that that your therapist implemented for for you for me was break it down things in small chunks Instead of focus on the bigger picture that seemed overwhelming, just focus on one task you can do today and right now. And that task, once you accomplish, you feel like at least you have done something. Mm -hmm. So I start breaking down everything in small chunks instead of thinking like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to do this, this. I had a list of 700 things that needed to be taken care. I just divide it by what I can do in five minutes. So let's start from those. And then when that was done, it's like, oh, okay, I got that one done. What I can do in 10 minutes, what I can do next week. Mm -hmm. So just break it down was very helpful. And then she gave me timers where I would literally set a timer. And in that five minutes, I could focus about all the stress in my life. And after five minutes, I had to do something physical Mm -hmm. because that would distract my brain so I will not keep focus on the same thing over and over again. That's I think that that those are two really really <laughs> good tools actually. Um, how do you feel today versus how you felt back then? The best thing for me was that I don't have regret or guilt, and I think that was and or anger. I was extremely angered throughout the whole process. I was angry 
you know, about my health. I was angry about what uh, my ex-husband did to me. I was angry because I made bad choices. How could I not see this? And I also felt guilty because I'm the first one in my very Catholic Italian family to get divorced. So I had a lot of us feeling that I was scary with me all the time. And now I have zero regret for my past. A lot of experiences that I have throughout my marriage made me a stronger, more resilient person. Uh, so I feel that the, as long as I learn, something is not a bad thing. So I have no regret. I don't feel guilty. It's my life. I don't care whatever people think about me, <laughs> you know. And you shouldn't. <laughs> and, uh, I don't have that anymore, uh, which is a very Italian thing. It's like, oh, my God, what people will think. Now it's like, I really can care less what people think about my divorce, my <laughs> relationships. <laughs> and uh, also, I'm not angry. Yeah. I'm really not angry. My therapist said something that was, for me, life-changing. All of my friends keep telling me, you have to forgive, you have to forgive, not for him, but for you, or you're always going to be angry. And my therapy was like, you don't have to forgive anybody. Forgiveness is to be earned. If he has done nothing to earn your forgiveness, you don't have to forgive him. You just need to accept that this happened. And once you accept that it happened, you let go. And for me, that was like, oh, I don't have to forgive anybody. Good. I like that. <laughs> you don't have to forgive anybody but yourself. By myself. Yeah. Right. And I think that is that is very good advice because we tend to hold on to that. We tend to hold on to that anger and not move forward because no matter what situations happen in our lives, they happen and you can't change it. You can't change what has happened. You can't change how it happened. You can't change the course of action that you took then but you can change the direction that your life goes now. So you seeking help through therapy and you getting treatment for your autoimmune disease and you going vegan, those are all choices that you made that change your path, your path to forgiveness, your path to health, your path to your own mental and physical health as well. And that's, I think that's huge because people don't do that. And don't realize how much holding on to that anger and hate and guilt affects you. Absolutely. Um, actually, recently I've been going through some struggle with my family in Italy. Because I'm away from them and the family situation, I always have the guilt of, oh, I left them. Or, oh, I should do more to help them. But that's also unhealthy. You know, we have to take care of ourselves before we take care of anybody else's. And once you realize that, things fall into place. Right. I saw that uh, in my life, all the decisions that I made for myself, instead of worry whatever people want, are the best decision I've ever made. Yeah. And it's not being selfish. It's being loving towards yourself. Right. And the thing, too, is that if you're unhealthy, you can't give to other people. If your mental health isn't there, if your physical health isn't there, you can't be there for other people. And I think that that's something that people miss too. A lot of times mothers tend to give, give, give. They give to their husbands, they give to their kids, and they don't give anything to themselves. But at the end of the day, if you're not healthy and you're not taking care of yourself, you're not able to give everything you can to the rest of your family. And you become resentful too. Absolutely, absolutely. 
I admire women that have children. I really do. Um, they're superhero to me. I don't know how they find enough time in their day to take care of everybody and everything. They I don't have, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I have great respect for all the mothers in the world. Yeah. Uh, I know that the, the way I am, I don't know if I will be able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's That might be a little bit selfish. I think <laughs> my decision is, is, is pretty selfish. <laughs> I like doing things and going places and having a family really changes everything. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I'm in that way. I, I, I feel you. <laughs> We're on the so, same page. What advice would you give to someone going through something that like you've been through some sort of trauma or, or are being diagnosed with an, a, a disease? What advice would you give to people? Be your own advocate. Ooh, I like that. Especially when you go through health issues, there is nobody who care about you as much as you care about yourself and your health. Be the biggest advocate. Don't take a no for answers. Um, don't accept that, oh, that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be any particular way. It has to be the way that works for you. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. I think that that is the best advice. And don't just take one person's answer as gold. You know, if you're not happy and you're not feeling the way that you should, seek help somewhere else. And you'll find, like, you went through a number of therapists. I went through a number of doctors. You know, keep searching. You're right. Being that advocate for yourself is super important. Nobody else cares about you <laughs> as much as you do. No. Oh, hopefully you should care about yourself that much. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I think that it's it's good to talk to somebody else that's gone through the same thing that I've been through and I'm sure plenty of other people go through and uh, knowing that there's there's hope there's light at the end of the tunnel and there's definitely ways that you can get better mentally physically you know maybe going vegan isn't the answer for you but it could be for a lot of people everybody find their own ways uh, I'm now one of those vegans believe oh my way is the only right way no everybody um, find their own way to feel better but you need to search for that way because uh, it's not just appear in front of you. Right. Find what works for you. Try different things. Um, also, journal how you feel. I started journaling how I felt to see if I can notice different, like in my moods, in my energy level. So when you change something, keep track of the differences so you know if it really works. Uh, that really helped me a lot at the beginning. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on. If anybody has any questions about anything we talked about today or any of the vegan restaurants here in Phoenix area, you can feel free to contact me and I can get you some of that information. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Yep. Thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. If you'd like more information on today's episode, you can find it in the show notes or you can find it on Gabrielle's website at www.healthybodyworksaz.com. You can also find out more information about Gabrielle's fitness vacations. To find out more about this summer's Banff Fitcation and our fall Fitcation to New Zealand, visit www.healthybodyworksaz.com. Be sure to share the show, give this podcast a great review, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. 
Join us next week to hear more stories from people just like you. This has been the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People with Gabrielle Mazar.